Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig and I'm joined by Paul Doolan. Hello. And Dave Watson. Hi, Fergus. Hi, How guys. Are you? I'm all right. A little bit stressed by um, technological issues that we've been having. Don't really want to talk about it. Been doing this podcast. Me and Paul realised the other day that um, we've been doing this, I've been doing this podcast for nearly 10 years. Pretty and it hell. is still, I, I'd like to say, the I would say the longest running Newcastle podcast at this standard of professionalism. <laughs> Yes. Not many people longest stick it out running at this level. <laughs> to, st- to stick out with a podcast for 10 years and at no stage to think about ever coming up with any features, ever coming up with any schedule, <laughs> ever sorting out a- a- anyone buying a fucking microphone. No, we're just going to do this for 10 years. <laughs> I don't think we're doing we're not doing this for growth, are we? This is basically we're we're actively shunning the um the fame and riches that having a professionally ran uh fan podcast could provide. We had a a podcast platform get in touch with us fairly recently and ask if we wanted to join them with promises of professionalism and blah 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 we were like we just said no <laughs> no we are, are going to continue to uh record our uh social social lives <laughs> and and enforce it on the few hundred people who have chosen it out of some kind of curious masochism <laughs> <laughs> to have it as part of their lives so um god god love you par- yeah 
Well, we'll carry on with the only format <laughs> we've ever had, which is let's talk about the most recent game. <laughs> the the most uh, the most recent football match uh, that Newcastle United played. As I just um, quickly opened a tab to remind myself. Um, <laughs> Uh, was against Brentford. Uh, I think out of the three of us, Dave, you saw the most of the game. I caught most of it. Um, some of it whilst having an argument with my girlfriend about oven space on Christmas Day. Um, Dave, what were your... Year. <laughs> Dave, what were, you, what were your overall impressions of uh, the Brentford game? Um, it was... Exactly the best and worst of the like the expectation of how Eddie Howe's football was going to be under Newcastle. The attack was much improved. There was much more energy. We were on the ball more. It was entertaining for fuck's sake, but the defence was a shambles, which is the big concern. I think um, if we're still in touch come January and we can buy some new defenders, we'll be all right if we can play that way consistently. Um, I thought there were some really, really impressive performances. Like Shelby, um, I give him a lot of stick, but I thought it was his best game. Fuck, maybe, maybe two years. Shelby massively bigged up by Eddie Howe um, in the build-up to the match, mm. and uh, that were to, to I'm sure the surprise of some fans, but definitely me, far. yeah. Yeah, and he got a, he got a start, and Eddie Howe sort of gave the impression that he wanted to build the team around him. Um, I thought he was really good. I thought that that new Brazilian that we've signed, yeah, he looks all right, doesn't he? I mean, he's much better than well, the old one we had. Well, to be fair to Joe Linton, you could make the case that he's been our best player this season. Certain, well, maybe not, but certainly one of our best one of our best players. He's He's been a lot better, which is not saying much for a side that hasn't won a match all season. But he's he's been he's probably in his best period of uh, inverted commas form. I think he's improved this season, but Saturday was his best game by a country mile. I think he was our sure. man of the match. Yeah, that seems yeah, to yeah. be the consensus. Definitely, I think because I I've heard. A couple from a couple of different people that um, he in the in the summer he went to uh, work on his fitness and work with analysts and he's been doing a lot more like away from the training ground. He's been studying how to better his game and the the analyst that he was using um, when it was announced that it was going to be Eddie Howe taking over as manager. Directed the 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 advice and the suggestions and the training and stuff like that that he's doing outside of the training ground to fit the kind of football that Eddie Howe plays, and I think you saw that in the game because he was he was holding the ball up. He was, um, I mean, at stages he was directing play um, for um, I think it was for uh, yeah it was for St Maximum's equaliser when the when the ball got went up to. Um, uh, Fraser, Joel Linton was telling Murphy to go beyond Fraser to like drag a, a drag a defender out of the way so that Fraser had a, had a more space to put in a cross. And I've never seen Joel Linton do anything but either 
fall over, which he did a couple of times, or like, I don't know, just simple stuff. He, he, he never really seemed to have an understanding of the way that he was supposed to be playing. I, but I, in that game, definitely did. I thought he was really impressive. It reminds me so much of Shola. I know there's, I know that I'm sure there's many differences, but there are a lot of things that remind me uh, with Joe Linton about Shola. Just, I think he's a lot better when he's instinctive. Like the mm. goal that he scored was very quick and instinctive. The chance he had at the end, which was a really oh, good chance, oh. and maybe, maybe he just lost his footing, and you, and anyone could have lost their footing, but it did feel very Joe Linton, and it was an unbelievable run by St. Maximin to create it. But Joe Linton of a year or so ago might have not even kept up with play and been in the box, but he was there. Mm. But like the fact that he had a second to think about it and think about possibly the pressure just reminded me of, of the way Shola Miobi was. When any time he had a chance to think about things, <laughs> yeah. he tended to fuck it up. But it, instinctively, he was actually quite a good player. And anyway, I'll let Paul speak. Paul, what would you like to say? I agree with all of that. I think you both do a marvellous job. <laughs> Sorry, Paul. <laughs> no, I, I think what was most encouraging for me is how often we had like at least three players in their box. I think that is something that's not happened for the last four years. It's like Joe Linton's goal, or what, six of them in the box? I think... Mm. Players being played in their right position and everyone just playing further up the field just, I don't know, it felt like a brand new team in some ways. Mm-hmm. I think defensively we were poor, but actually we, we did, that should have been a 3-1 game. The deflection for the third goal was unlucky, really. And Darlow for the first, oh. it was such a, that was just a fuck-up, really. Yeah. I think, I think... I think the the other things you have to consider is that Wilson had a de- like a couple of decent opportunities. Joel Linton had two really really good chances, and both times he slipped. Um, there, you know, we were creating a lot. I think we had something like twenty three, twenty four shots, and like nine or ten of those were on target. Um, I can't remember Fernandez making too many saves. Um, I mean that 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 one off the line from Wilson when uh, their keeper Fernandez when he dropped the the cross from the corner and it fell at Wilson's feet and he just he tried, he scuffed it and it just happened to hit Ivan Tony. We we genuinely we could have comfortably won that game, like you say, like three one four five one. There were so many chances and good chances, and that's not something we've seen recently. Ivan Tony was good, wasn't he? Sold him for a few hundred grand. We sold Ivan Tony, and he sat. He seemed like he had a lot to prove. You know, you know those players who um, who refuse to celebrate at the other club or whatever. He was definitely not one of them players. He was a player who who sat in Newcastle for three years or whatever it was. Every now and again, going out on loan and thinking, "I am a." good fucking player why am I not getting a chance here and yeah. he's gone and proved himself yeah. at other places and he's 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 got a lot he, he looks he's very pleased to score against us he looks kind of tailor-made for the Premier League and you think of 
I think in that era, Hosselu was getting in ahead of him. Is that right? Yeah. It was when we had yeah. no strikers. He still couldn't get a look in. I think he's he's got a fair case to feel aggrieved. I, I, I think he does. But then the other thing that you have to consider is that at the time, perhaps he needed a season or two playing championship football to, to increase his physicality, to, to, to learn the game a bit more so that he could become the striker that he is now. Maybe, uh, but then like, we sold him for a few hundred grand, so it's clear that we didn't rate him. Well, I think, I think it's yeah. more an indictment of our loan system or our lack of a loan manager at the time. <sighs> Ironically, our and loan also, manager is now Schola, the, <laughs> the Brazilian, no, the Geordie Jelinton. <laughs> but the, the thing the, the, the thing is it's not just a simple case of well he's we think he's not going to be good enough so we're just going to sell him for a couple of hundred grand it's also we can't afford to have somebody developing we need somebody now and that's why we got him off our books uh, it's the same with Adam Armstrong Adam Armstrong he's not really tearing it up in the, the Premier League but he's he's a, he's a good striker and now but we just couldn't afford to give him the game time or pay the wages of somebody who's not fit for the first team. I think that's always the case. There are very few football clubs who are not desperate for points. And it always takes it always takes a risk to play a young player. And sometimes it goes wrong and sometimes it goes right. And like hindsight suggests we probably got it wrong on Tony and mm. Armstrong. But, you know, yeah. There we are. But then, but just very quickly, you compare it, compare it playing a striker who is um, progressing or like developing to like a central midfielder. And I think there's, I think it's easier for a central midfielder learning his, his trade to, to get the minutes and, and stuff than it is for a striker. Cause if a striker's not scoring goals, He's not doing his job, whereas a midfielder can be busy, can be tidy, doesn't have to be, you know, setting the world. But a quick, like, rem- a quick make- reminder that he was competing with Hosselu. So, <laughs> Hosselu, who's all- now doing really well. I think another one we let go who's also doing well, really well. Mitrovic is already over 20 goals for the season in the <laughs> championship, which is insane. <laughs> That's just 20 league goals as well. That's not all competitions. That's it's mad. He could get yeah. 50 so there's, goals there's more... this season if he carries on it that way. <laughs> so there's more to say about the Brentford game, but I think we should probably have a quick break now and then we will speak more about the Brentford game and uh, the, the, the picture in general. All right. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike, 
e-bikes that are cool AF. Welcome back to the Newcastle Natter. So, this was Eddie Howe's first game managing the side, but he managed it from a hotel room. Is there a case to be made that all football managers, uh, football games should be managed from hotel rooms now, Paul? I think if you look see, isolating, he was, go on, Paul. If you're looking for a point, he's proved that can be done from a hotel room. Yeah. I think if he got the win, it might have become like a superstition where he'd have to have done every game from that hotel room. What we know is that he was isolating, so he was definitely on his own. So there's a pretty strong chance that he could be the first football manager in history to have made a a, a decision during the game whilst taking a shit. Yeah. That's possible. Whilst, you know, whilst also watching Hones Under the Hammer. Whilst, Whilst playing football manager. That would have been a power play. There are any number of possibilities. You know, the the big... I imagine, you know, after a game like that, you know, there's a lot of adrenaline. But then he's just in his hotel room. (laughs) (laughs) What did he do? What did he do? So I feel like... What do men men who are all pumped up and on their own in hotel rooms do? If I just watched BBC uh, News, I had a nap. I don't know. Do you think Eddie has a BBC News? Say that again? Do you think Eddie has a BBC News guy? Do you reckon he... What do you think? Should, so I, I don't think he's ITV. I think, I think he might be a Channel 4 News guy. I think maybe Sky News. That's probably true. Yeah, he probably just has Sky Sports News on, doesn't he? In a hotel. hotel. So coming into this, so, so coming into the role. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> coming into the role as manager, he would have uh, been up to speed on the kind of season we were having. I would have thought there were two different ways you could go. We were conceding a lot of goals. We were showing some ability going forward. We were scoring more goals than we had done previously. I think you could probably make the case that we have a mid-table attack and it might be flattering to say a championship defence at the moment. Because um, there's two ways you could go. You could focus all your energies on shoring up the defence, getting them working uh, in a very organised way and concentrate on not conceding goals, or you could just go, attack! <laughs> and that is, that appears to be, it appears to have been what he went for, right, Paul? Yeah, but I think, again, the result makes that look like a worse tactic than it actually was. Because of the the nature of the goals we conceded, I think if we try and shore up at the back based on the way we've tried to do that this season, we still concede those sloppy goals. I think yeah. if Dubravka starts that game, it's an easy victory. And our, our strongest players are all attacking players. And we showed, I think we looked fairly balanced. I think we've looked more open at the back when we've tried to set up defensively because we've, we've gone behind and then had to throw the kitchen sink at it without any kind of 
tactical discipline. So it's a tough one because everyone around us at the bottom won. It looks like a worse result than it was. I think Brentford at home is a game every team in the league will be looking to get three points from. I think our performance was good enough for three points. I think it was just individual errors that you would hope will start to get ironed out. Mm. There's also something weird psychological going on, right? There's some kind of thing that we've had all season where we've we've gone ahead quite early and then conceded quite quickly. Mm. That's that there's something going on there, right, Dave? Yeah, that's that's a concentration issue. I think like Paul says, if 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 Dubravka starts that game, he doesn't make Darlow's error. And then if we if we don't immediately concede. I don't think we would. I, th- I think we would have gone on to to win the game. I think that that immediate because it killed the crowd. It will have got all those those um, all that nervousness that's been in our game for two years. It would have that would have crept in again immediately as soon as Tony hit put the ball in the back of the net. There there will have been naturally the oh fuck here we go again rather than the. We've just scored. They've had a shot. Dubravka saved it. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. And the crowd would have got picked them up and all the rest of it. I think I think I said it on Twitter that getting this attack playing well, it's a quick and easy fix, really. Just giving them a bit more instruction, a bit more freedom, a bit more like in the way that you set up, a bit more support. Um sorting out that defense, like you say, that championship defense, that is a long, long fucking difficult task. And it'll take, a, it would take a really good defensive manager weeks of playing professional games to sort out that back line. Eddie Howe's not a defensive manager, so it'll take him, I would guess, even longer. I think we're going to have to wait until we get new bodies in to see a better defence. So until that happens, fuck it, attack, attack, attack. Sure, but we're going to have to score a lot of goals. I mean, we've 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 scored in every game, every Premier League game this season, bar two. So, scoring goals has not been our problem. So, I mean, it could get exciting. We might, you know, we're not going to have. It's clear that at the moment, it's it's unlikely that we're going to win many games one one nil, but maybe we'll win mm. some four three. Um. We'll have to see. Is there anything in particular that we'd like to say about the the Brentford game? The only other thing is I was expecting us to go four at the back based on that's what Howe's done all his career. And I feel like that's what we've got the personnel for. But I wonder if it was just too soon for sort of... Feels like there's doubt over whether we have the fullbacks for playing a back four, which I think is a bit harsh on Mankio. But I wonder if the international break sort of made his mind up as well, because only Cher, who'd been away on international duty, started the game. Almiron stayed on the bench. Jamal Lewis, who I think we've all got hopes, will improve and replace Matt Ritchie at some point soon. I wonder if it's just not having enough time at training with him. But I think Mm. Matt Ritchie, you would have to say, was probably slightly at fault for the at least the second goal. And even on yeah. the first one, he just looks like he's being dragged in three different directions. Which yeah. it seems I mean, like if you're playing four game. at the back, well, if you're playing four at the back and both our fullbacks are only really in the starting lineup, 
for their attacking abilities. Yeah. And you're our side and you're in a relegation battle, that doesn't seem like a sustainable situation. Especially, especially when the centre of the park, you've got two central midfielders who whose first instinct is to attack, is to move forward. Um, I think if you have Hayden in there, he can provide a little bit more cover for when Richie or um, Murphy goes forward. So we, we, we pretty much were playing with three defenders. And at best, Cher is a lower Premier League defender. The other two, pure championship. I mean, Lascelles, he was, at, he was at fault for one of the goals, at least. And he was getting dragged out of position. And I think he's won. He reminds me of Stephen Taylor. He gets the the um, the occasion gets to him, and he gets a, a rush of blood to the head, and he just goes off and does stupid things. What? Well, he got two goals. He really reminds me of Stephen Taylor. But yeah, even I see what you're saying about having. Yeah, I see what you're saying about Hayden, but that's doing a bit of cover, but. Whatever happens, if you've got fullbacks who aren't fullbacks, there are going to be opportunities for them to be skinned. Yeah, yeah. A, a holding midfielder can't prevent. You know, there's going to be Matt Ritchie not stopping crosses coming in, and the same for Murphy. You know. Yeah, I, th- I think I was meaning more just that there were quite a few times where just one pass took out our entire team, and it was always down into that co- into one of the corners. Whereas if yeah. you've got Hayden providing a bit of cover, then that area can be occupied at the very least. I'm with you. So um, we're now in a situation where our next game is away at Arsenal. I think most of us would say, you know, there are possibilities to get something out of that, but you'd have to make them favourites to win that game. But after that, we've got a a midweek game against Norwich at home followed by a game at home against Burnley. None of the new money is in yet, apart from the manager. There's no new signings. But you really have to hope that if we're going to get out of this relegation situation, you have to hope we're going to get something out of Norwich and Burnley, right? Yeah, I think we have to be looking for... I mean, it's too early to sort of say we're adrift, but two wins from the next three games would make it feel a lot more safe. Or even four points in the next three games is something to build on. But you look at the running we've got coming up in December. I think we've got what Man City, Liverpool, Leicester, although Leicester doesn't look like the tough game it did particularly before. Man U, it's hard to know how tough that'll be now with their <laughs> constant changes. But you would think Burnley and Norwich, we have to be getting something from. Yeah, I don't think I, I mean, we can't keep picking up one point against the teams around us at the bottom. Regardless of when though, they're both, regardless, they're both having an upturning form, aren't they? Go on, Dave. Regardless of when those fixtures fall in the in the calendar, for a team like us, we we have to be picking up points from them. What is um, I don't know gives me some cause for optimism is that. Eddie Howe's Bournemouth often took points off the, the bigger teams because he his team wasn't afraid to play football against them. Whereas quite often teams like um, Man U will come up against a, a rigid, solid, packed defence 
and grind out a win. But when they come up against teams that actually play football, they're not used to it. So maybe. Sure, but alternatively, I mean, that was, that was what Rafa did for us, was he got sometimes got points out of those big games by doing mm. exactly that, not playing any football at all. Um, yeah. yeah. Bedford Mags, Bedford Magnus, they, they, you know, there's two different ways of doing it. But yeah, we could, we could get some points in some places at some point. It would be nice to see us win. We're currently the only uh, league side in English football without a win. I think it does look like a, a really good relegation battle this season. Like you would say yeah. that apart from us, there's no one you think of as like the whipping boys, really. Norwich have won two in a row now. I think a lot of people still don't expect us to go down just because of mm. the takeover. There's a lot of teams you could see. You could even see as high up as sort of Brighton getting dragged into it. Yeah, I think it's a it's a privilege to be involved. <laughs> uh, speaking of relegation, Bedford Mag says, with some marked improvements of the weekend, what percentage are we now at for going down? I forget where we were last time we asked this question, each of us in this. But you know, I think I'm constantly hovering around forty. Yeah, I'm, I'm still about 50-50. Fergus doesn't yeah, have an opinion. I would say I'm about 50-50. <laughs> uh, it's, it's too soon, yeah. too soon to be more specific than that. Yeah. You know. I think one, uh, one thing I just wanted to say is that because um, the window opens in January and actually we've got a decent run of games early in the new year where I could see an improved Newcastle United, you know, a strengthened Newcastle United, picking up quite a few points because we've got like Southampton, Watford, although they look decent, Leeds, Everton, Villa, West Ham, Brentford, Brighton. It's only really when you get into um, March where we face Chelsea. That's, you know, you've got a, a good run of fixtures there where you could you could pick up a lot of points. And then suddenly it looks a lot rosier. So I think you were saying it on a previous pod, if we're still in touch, like if we're still like five points from safety by the time we get to January, I don't think that's the, you know, I, I still think we've got a, a decent chance, but it's just, can we stay in touch and can we strengthen? I think January is going to be interesting. Right. So I think any, any big, big player who's willing to come to us if we're in the relegation zone, I would say immediately disqualifies himself from being the sort of person we want because it, it just smacks of a payday and no ambition I think if we are cut adrift we're going to have to make some really good loan signings but the the thing with that is the new is it Santiago Munoz takes yeah. up one of our loan slots and you only really get two don't you so I think we either have to get rid of or permanently sign him to bring in two decent loan players, which is where I think we'd be able to get our sort of marquee signings. But I wonder with, with Santiago Munoz, is it not that you're only allowed to name in your squad of 25 um, a couple of loans and you're allowed, I think you're allowed two domestic loans and a couple of foreign loans as well. So I don't think, I don't think you, you can only have two. I think there's a, there's a sure. bunch of like, I'm not sure if that's the same anymore. Okay. Well, in that like case, none of us know exactly what we're talking about. So, research this. Uh, if you're listening to this and you're interested in the answer, go find it out. So, um, <laughs> go fuck yourselves. 
So uh, it does it, it does give another incentive as a club to try and peel ourselves off that bottom place in the league. Because if we are bottom of the league in January, Paul makes a good point. What sort mm. of player is going to want to come to us? No matter how big we are in theory now, we're still the bottom side of the league. And if you're going to come to a side who there's a very strong chance we'll be spending next season in the championship and you are a player of of big pedigree, then why the fuck are you coming to us? And you're not going to be doing it money. to get in the World Cup squad. You know, there are, we're not even in a situation where there's any... like. Sorry, carry on, Virgil. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, yeah, there could be, yeah, there could be some players who you would assume if they're good, then there'll be other sides out for them as well. But yeah, yeah that's what yeah. I mean. When we, we're in the bottom, I don't think you're going to come to Newcastle to sort of try and work your way into the World Cup squad. So I think we need to be 17th or 18th to be able to attract the sort of players I, that can take us up further. I, I think I think it totally depends on like where what what the table looks like because if we're if we're eighteenth nineteenth twentieth but we're three points off sixteenth then of course somebody yeah, would come yeah. to it um, if if we're twentieth and we have twelve points between us and safety then no fucking nobody's going to come but then I think that would that would um, alter our approach to the January window because I think at that point you go right let's sign some young players who will do well in the championship and get us straight back up we'll see but I mean maybe when it comes down to it then a mercenary it will do a job for us anyway you know they'll be good they'll be good enough to to win us some points to to be honest there uh, there are examples of, of of players who are purely mercenary coming into a side and whatever level that that um, team is at, just coming in, doing a job, and then fucking off at the end of the season. And everybody's happy because they've they've they may be mercenary, but they've done the job. So who gives a shit? Like Zlatan Ibrahimovic, he only went um, man you to earn a, a shit ton of money and play at the top end of the game. And he came in and he scored goals and was good and then fuck off. So I think under I the last the under the last that manager play at the top end of the game. <laughs> I think under the last manager that sort of signing is more likely, but it seems like under how and the work rate expected in training. I don't think mm. I don't think we'd be bringing in that type of character. But it's yeah, interesting. I think there's there's a level. There's players like Aaron Ramsey who I think are that level who we could attract on loan who would do a good job and wouldn't yeah. just be sort of turning up, doing a few tricks and then fucking off. Well, we'll see. We will see. So um, I guess we'll, uh, let's just predict the Arsenal game. Oh, I'm going to the Arsenal game. Oh yeah, you are going yeah. to the Arsenal game. Paul, can I come? I'm afraid not. Why didn't you? Why don't you take out one of the other people that you're going with? Take them <laughs> take out. Them out. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that happened last year. It's the same person again. Someone I work with has a box at Arsenal. Ooh. 
a, it's very fancy. So me and Fergus went last year because he had a bit of a cold. So, I mean, it's up to you, Fergus. You have to go and give him some sort of illness. I can't do it all for you. Sure. Well, I'll try. Yeah, I'd like to go. But, you know, there we are. So, uh, what's, your, what's your prediction of the score, Paul? Ooh. I mean, they, how, was it 4-0 they lost to Liverpool? Yeah. I think 3-2, but I don't know who to. Dave? Yeah, I'm, I'm like genuinely exactly the same. 3-2, but I don't know which way. I'll say to them. I'll say 3-2 yeah. to them. I think they'll win 3-1. I think Liverpool are amazing and mm. can do that to nearly any side yeah. in football. I, I think Arsenal probably seemed like they were getting something together and that may continue when uh, they play us again. But we but shall I see. I would say it's the first time in a while I've had sort of hope going into these games against the bigger teams. But like, like Dave was saying before, Harris track record against the bigger teams does suggest we'll at least... We'll at least try and go toe to toe to them. There's been a lot of games we've had where the opposition have had an off day and we've still lost. Whereas I think the wave will be setting up if they're having a proper off day, like Watford against Man U, will be actually going for it, and anything could happen. Mm. The uh, the last time we went to watch Newcastle Arsenal at the Emirates, who was that player we had? We had him on loan. Well, we had Danny Rose. And we had who did we have like was right it the midfielder who used to be at Spurs? What Bentaleb? Yeah. No, not Bentaleb. We had Bentaleb. <laughs> this guy from like Inter Milan or something. This guy oh, was Lazaro. Like, really Lazar. Um, yeah. Doesn't remember him. It'll be a good question to bring up <laughs> when we do our, uh, our sporadic Nata quizzes. I don't, He's one of those people that occasionally pops up on my Twitter feed. I think, why am I still following this person who's now playing at like Venezia or wherever? Yeah, I followed I followed Medi Abid, who like tweeted exclusively in French or Arabic for about ten years. I was like, why am I following Medi Abid? <laughs> yeah, Lazaro. I think he was so quickly forgotten. Yeah. Anyway, with good reason, I would say. With good reason. Yeah. Yeah. We had some time. And then Just we've wanted got, quickly. Oh, right. Well, let's say as well, haven't we? Yeah, Go on, Dave. Got, well, two so things. Again, one. <laughs> Come on, whatever. Two Come on, Dave, you take over. <laughs> two things. Charnley's gone. Uh, he's been at the club for like 20 odd years. Yeah. He's finally gone. I'd be fascinated to see where he's going to end up. And I also think that an interview with him. Like a proper deep dive interview from the Athletic or somebody would be fascinating. And the other thing is, uh, we've got Norwich on Tuesday, uh, and for that game, I fancy us to win. I think we'll yeah. get our. I think we'll get our first or second win of the season against Norwich. Well, I hope so. Dean Smith has already beaten us two 0 once this season. Paul, do you want to have a prediction for the Norwich game? I. Th- Think 2-0 as I think 2-1, but yeah. 
The other Did other thing we talked about Michael Emanalo the other week. It yeah. seems to be he seems to be getting closer to becoming our director of football. The sort of I don't know, slightly I was listening to a, I can't remember what podcast it was now. But they were talking about Michael Emanalo's history at Chelsea. And there seems to be a lot of debate around how much he actually did and how much other people were responsible for a lot of the good stuff that happened at Chelsea. And you look at where he went next and the fact he lasted about a year and then was left by mutual consent after doing pretty much nothing is slightly worrying. Yeah, you yeah, can't tell those. He doesn't, he doesn't want it. He doesn't want to know that. He doesn't want yeah. to know. No, I've already decided he's good. I've decided he's good because that would be good. <laughs> I, I, my thing was just going to be that um, with directors of football, it's there's so many, so many factors involved. Like how involved the owner is, how much of a, a fuss the manager kicks up, how broad his his powers are, and all of these fucking things. So he might have an ego the size of, you know, Tennessee, but he might also be very good at it. And so I'll judge him on what he does if he comes. And if he doesn't come, then he was clearly shit. I just think he sounds like a guy who would be on Jules Holland. And Michael Eminala. (laughs) Sounds right. Sounds right, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, Well, let's leave it there. We might as well bring this... Shit shows are closed. Um, <laughs> thank you, Dave Watson. Thanks, Fergus. Thank you, Paul Doolan. Thank you. And thank you to you, the Newcastle Natter listener. Goodbye. Bye. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.